Alright, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 534. Jason Lindgren is with me, and Dr. William Trebing is back with us as we go through. I'll look up what episodes he's been on, but you can also use the search function under the full episodes link if you mouse over it. Uh, I want to say a word before we get into Dr. Trebing's things. You guys remember Michael Hoffman, who was the only person we're aware of who worked with James Shelby Downard. He has a website called revisionisthistory.org. Go sign up for his newsletter. It is by far the best breakdown of what's going on in our world and has been going on. And what would you expect from a man who was with James Shelby Downard? But on his newsletter, there's a black gif with text on it, which is maybe the best breakdown to date that I have ever seen about how we got here and what's going on in the world. Uh, the alchemical process, of course, covered by James Shelby Downard originally, as far as I know. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And good morning. All right, Dr. Trebing, welcome. Why don't you tell folks where they can find you, your work? I understand you got some book stuff going on. Lay it all down, if you will. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of book stuff happening, two new books coming out. And also, Crow, can't wait to jump into that, actually. That sounds like it's pretty fantastic information. This man is a dying breed. He is one of the few left in this world that I would consider old school literate, literate at a level and educated at a level and writes at a level that I will envy till the day I drop. You know, I write these descriptions with no editor for all these episodes. And half the time I find myself, you know, the middle of the night, the night before. So I actually write it, maybe read through it once or twice, which you know, I should probably do a lot better than that. I just, I end up being up against it. And then I read what he's sending out and I think, man, but it's worth every vowel to go sign up with him. He has a free version and he has a full version. And I would recommend people go, go get it while you can. People that are that literate at that old, what I'll call old world level, not old, old world, but prior to the new world level, they're a dying breed. Not many left. Well, particularly that are willing to speak in public the way he does. I am there. And I'm like you. I, you know, we all channel at different times. You know, we get inspired. And that's, you know, that's actual, you know, that comes from fourth and fifth dimension. You've got, you got beings there helping you out. So when you're inspired to write whenever you write there, that's active and you get that going. I know about, you know, maybe reading it over once or twice and then putting it out. I'm, <laughs> I'm notorious with that. <laughs> Part of the reason I have to have five and six revisions is because that's the case. I mean, we, I'm an inspired writer. You probably are as well. Um, and, you know, my wife is constantly editing me. But, oh, yeah. I mean, as, as far as there are literary geniuses out there that just can just write so prophetically. And I appreciate that as well. So I am there. You know, I, I I always come up with clever little ideas or a lot of the time. But then I go back later and look at the ones that I busted out on short notice and I cringe <laughs> at the grammatical yeah. errors and everything else, but I, yeah. I just don't have time, but we should I'm there as well. <laughs> let, let's, let's lay down where people can find your work and lay down your info about books before we get too far from the opening here. Sure. Well, what I think, especially for today's world, since they're going after many of the religious exemptions in primarily the blue States, I was just on Sharona Bishop's podcast a couple of days ago again with attorney lindy urso and probably one of the most important sites to get for me is the say no to vaccines.org s-a-y-t-o-n-o 
vaccines.org, and look at my material there. It's my old-time blog, talking about old-time literature. I mean, I've been writing on there for just about 20 years, and being able to get your religious exemption from the Church of Christ Consciousness is there, too. Whenever these types of things stir up, even when a state loses their religious exemption to vaccines, quite often private schools will still honor it. Other organizations will honor it. And now I'm, I'm noticing that even adults need it you know, for work, things like that, because they're, they're really doing a sweep now. Of, uh, you know, the, the country is polarized. It really is. Uh, but you, you asked me to give you, my, you know, the info there. And you know, I would say that's the first place you'll see. Um, also, if you just go to either drwilliamtrebbing.com or williamtrebbing.com, you're going to see the books soon. You know, the first book is called The Lakshmi Principle. Lakshmi is a deity in Indian folklore prosperity and, you know, how to connect with that and just all things good. The second one is the sequel, Goodbye Germ Theory, which is centered around present day. And I've taken a while to release this because I just didn't want to have just another thing out there that everybody else was saying. There's a lot of, everybody has joined the party. You know, it used to be I was the, one of the only ones in the party, you know, I mean, <laughs> telling people not to get vaccinated. Here's the reason why, you know, and uh, my books was you know, one, one of them that was out there, one of the only ones that was out there. But, you know, now everybody and their grandma has a, has a podcast on on pharmaceutical frauds. And that's good. You know, I wonder where all these people were 22 years ago when I started 23 years ago. But, uh, you know, we, the more the merrier, you know, at least spreading some of the knowledge. And uh, folks, all vaccines are bad. If you're doing uh, just not COVID vaccines, if you're still vaccinating your kids, stop doing it. Autism rate is, you know, one in 38, one in 40. You know, what's astonishing, and we'll probably get into this, is they treat everyone as if we're the same. And everybody knows that's not true and they forget it. Like, of course. how many friends do you have? Like, you may have a friend with red hair who has to deal with the sun differently than you do. If something as basic as that is true, then how can it be that one size fits all? You know, our friend who wrote the musical intro, Conspiracy Music Guru, he wrote one about the pharmaceutical. And, you know, one of the lines is your magic juice, you know, one size fits all. And this is the state of much of modern medicine. It's like we make this chemical and it's good for everybody. Well, you might not want to give it to your six-year-old, but everyone else is fine. And it's crazy. All shapes and sizes, Crow. And this basically is another method of just proving the fraud. Because if it was truly beneficial, then it would be more just calculatedly scientific. Because it's just common sense that you don't give a 10-pound infant the same dose as you would give an 18-year-old kid, but they get the same amount. Now, how does that make any sense? It, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. These, these shots, these vaccinations with all of these deliberately produced uh, adjuvants and toxins in them that create neurological damage and immune damage over time, uh, they're, they're designed to destroy humanity. And it's absolutely absurd that they give an infant the same as they would give an adult. I mean, maybe all vaccines are one to three millimeters of liquid. And you have no idea what your infant gets at birth. You have no idea what, the, what your 12-year-old gets when they go in for shots. You know? and, and your doctor doesn't even have any idea. So that's why this is just a whole, it's all a bunch of bull crap. And the reason they don't, 
they standardize it is because they don't have to. As soon as they were exonerated by the federal government in the Reagan era, okay, in the 1988 ruling about how you just can't sue them, they don't give a crap. And they just, they, they go along to get along. They put out a few different pieces of, you know, maybe research here, which we can talk about today too, which is a bunch of nonsense. And their data is all skewed. And the way they do, they say they do double blind tests is another farce because um, they, a vaccine company will never do a double blind test ever. All right. And they'll, and of recent, Oh, what's that guy's name? Hotez and the and the other who's the other big uh, vaccine guy that was always out during COVID saying get your shots and people need to get their Fauci, shots. Fauci, the wolf's jaws. Well, yeah, Fauci, but the other guy who just recently came around saying that I'm just having a brain fart here, remembering his name, but he just recently came out saying that oh yeah, myocarditis is real, and everybody was like, whoa, you know, he's actually saying this, you know. But all of these guys, um, when you ask them, where's, and even Fauci, if you ask them, where's the double blind study? Okay, they'll give you a couple of them, you know, that were done with like uh, a, a vaccine for pneumonia. It's called Pranar. And so a true double blind, people think, oh, okay, here you go. They have a double blind study. Okay, double blind means that you have two people. One gets the shot, the other one gets either saline or sugar water or just water, completely inert, nothing. To react with the body, they never do that. They tell you it's a it's a double blind, but in so many of these cases, they'll put the vaccine that they're testing against another untested vaccine. And what and they're and it's just it's this is Monty Python stuff. It's just when you ask them why they did that and didn't use water or saline, they'll just say, "Well, it's different." That's not proper science. What are you kidding me? What do you mean it's different? Or they'll test it with the same vaccine with the virus, quote unquote virus, whatever the hell that is, removed. Okay. It still has all the aluminum, all the toxic agents inside of it that are causing the the autism and the and the neurological damage. So the, the so they say they're doing a double blind study, but they're doing but they're giving both sides the exact same thing. So they come out with the exact same data of damage. And therefore, since they both have the same data representing equal damage, the vaccine is safe. What kind of universe are we living in here? <laughs> well, this is this is the problem with the perception of authority that's been beaten into everyone where they just don't, you know, oh, well, they're in charge. I'll be OK. Jason, do you remember the tale? You went into a doctor's office and you were questioning is a certain bad component in this. And they were telling, you no, know, and you grabbed the packaging. Do you remember that? Yeah, very well, because that doctor is the wife of somebody I grew up with. And she was the one taking care of my daughter. She was my daughter's doctor. And I had asked her about Thermarisol. This is years ago, like early 2000s, when my daughter was still an infant. And she said, oh, they took that out. And I already knew that that wasn't true. And I took one of the little pamphlets they give you in the box out of the garbage, pointed out to her, and she just kind of looked at me for a second and shrugged. <laughs> I tell you, this is Monty Python. It's, it's, we're living in a Monty Python world. This, this is the whole reason I told everyone to go subscribe to Michael Hoffman. If you do no other thing than read the black gif at the top of his newsletter, if you comprehend what is written on that little, it's not a meme, but it's like a meme image kind of, if you comprehend, that is the foundation and it gives you the timeline. And we're not talking decades here. We're talking centuries. 
you know, if you comprehend what is there, then you begin to realize that all these things, they are designed for bad outcomes. Well, not for certain people in the world, but I I don't get that either. You know, we were just, my wife and I have a tough time finding things to watch too much violence, too much. I just can't enjoy anything. We go back and look at old things. Well, we happen to find a uh, relatively new thing called Ragnarok, which is on Netflix. And I tend to look at these things because they're directly drawing from myth. And in it, the giants run the corporations. And the reason they don't care about the pollution is because it doesn't affect them. But anyhow, I'm pulling us There you go. Yeah, I'm pulling. I'm pulling us off. I've seen that. I want to. Hey, you really want to watch something? Uh, see, I always look for intelligent script, and I love billions. I I, <laughs> so, if you want to watch something, I mean, first of all, it's based on a guy here in Stanford, Connecticut. I should, probably shouldn't mention his name. What? What is it? Billions. Just the show Billions. I, uh, I don't know what it is. I guess. Oh, it's really popular. Yeah, it's, uh, mm. I would highly recommend it. It's on its seventh season, and uh, it's just. If you like smart dialogue and if you like just smart script writing, uh, you'll be stopping it to go back and say, wait a minute, what did he say? <laughs> you know, and the, the different metaphors they put out are comical. Um, I, I can't say enough about it. It's, it's with Paul Giamatti and um, a bunch of other good cast. But, you know, so, getting 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 back into that. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Jason, is that should we should we drop the prelude here, Jason, since we're talking about movies and shows? Sure. Yeah, let's do that. OK, so. I run across a few things in my life, and one one of the most recent examples, well, it's a couple of years old now. Actually, my mom was maybe three or four years old. Uh, the most recent example was when I saw Methylene Blue, and I realized the frequency that I was looking at instantly, and I knew there was something about it, but I couldn't, I didn't have enough good information, which is why we discovered it with Clive. But to get to the point, years ago, I found a movie called Frequencies. That's right, Jason. It's just frequency, plural, frequencies. Right. And the year is 2013. 2013. It's British. Nobody's heard of it. If you search frequency movie, you'll get two or three or four that are just crappy movies. But in this movie, Frequencies, they are dropping more dimes about our reality than you can imagine. Now, the first time I saw it, the bell rang, and I knew the bell rang. I saw it again. And I couldn't put it all together back then. Well, recently, a few weeks ago, I saw it again. I searched it out, had some trouble finding it. And now I can put it all together. And in this movie, it's a bit like that black gif I'm talking about in Michael Hoffman's newsletter. It's foundational. If you can grasp, we're going to cover this. The reason I'm talking about the movie frequencies is Jason and I are going to do a thing we don't do very often. We are going to cover a movie. Um, we're going to verbatim cover this movie because very cool. It is foundational to everything, and it proves beyond the shadow of doubt that there are men and women in this world that absolutely know the way this place actually works. In the movie, I'll t- I'll, I'll do one spoiler. In the movie, they flat out show you that the flu is frequency based. So we go back to the episode we did with Dr. Frank Olina, the first or second episode we did with him, where he flat out stated that a better way to think about the common flu would be electromagnetic vampirism. Well, in this movie, they cover a lot of things. So to get back on track with Dr. Trevor, cool. we will say if you want to go out and experience the movie frequencies and pay attention 
It is storyline driven. There is more than you can imagine based from the rolling of the apple in the first scene. It will blow your mind what was buried in there. And we're going to take this apart. And Jason had said to me, well, we should tell people in advance so they can watch the movie. I don't know how long it will be, but but there it is. Do you want to add anything, Jason? You can get it on Netflix or where? There's actually a version of it you can watch for free on YouTube that I found, but there may be other places. I don't have any of the uh, Netflix or anything like that. And Amazon Prime told me I can't watch it in my current location. So maybe only in England. I don't actually know. One of my favorite movies with the same title, I think, is Frequency, and it's with Dennis Quaid, so people should know it's not that one. This is an independent film, so it's with a lot of actors who are pretty much unknowns. I checked the IMDb, and most of the people in there didn't seem to do anything huge. They may have taken part in other stuff. But anyway, it was uh, surprisingly really well-written, very intelligently written, and the little nod to Adorno, to Theodore Adorno, is the part that's really like, If you don't know who that is, you're going to be asking yourself, who is that? What is the reference? Yeah, that's that's the thing. So all the people following me here, uh, we talk about things that are not very well known. So I'm asking everybody listening right now, who's Theodore Adorno? Can you tell me who Theodore Adorno is? And by the way, if you can, can you tell him why Jason and I have covered him? And I'll give you a hint. He was first outed in a book called The Committee of 300 by Coleman who Fortune has had so much to say about that book because he has a view not many people have. And the thing about that book is people like to badmouth it, but we can look backwards now. It was written, what, 80s, I think? Maybe the early 90s, I forget. 80s, yeah. Yeah, so it's happened. You can see all the things that he said are coming that happened. But Theodore Adorno, Jason and I ran with to show that Coleman wasn't wrong. He was in on the Beatles. The Beatles is a Tavistock put up, and that is written into the opening scene of uh, of this movie. But before we do too many spoilers, are you talking about the Paul is dead thing? Well, I mean, that's just more of the fraud that is the Beatles. You know, how how many Georges were there? How many any how many any big famous person are there? I mean, Jason and I have been contacted by people. What was that last one, Jason? We were contacted by someone who was, who were they impersonating? Do you remember? Or should we even say? It was a guitar player. So it was a well-known guitar player uh, had hired someone who's a lookalike to go fill in for him because he doesn't feel like showing up places. So he's basically being paid to impersonate. And that's just a low level, no effort put into it. Paul McCartney was swapped. One of the most recognizable faces in the world was swapped. How many times I would ask for Michael Jackson is another good example. Yeah, he he looked like he or or Prince. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't so even, you know, there's got to be a reason they take these 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 celebrities out and they kill them. So let me ask you this. Since we're on this topic, I've always had this question. John Lennon. What happened there? I think it's simple. And I think that the example I mean, they, they sent out a lunatic to, to shoot him. Did they? OK, did they? Yeah. Did they? Were you there? I wasn't there, but apparently he got shot in the doorway of the Dakota. Hey, man, all all the world's a stage. I can't tell you for sure if that happened or it didn't. But what I do know is the band that he was associated with was the Tavistock put up. Right. So from the beginning, anytime I hear that name, I'm not even taking a grain of salt. I'm throwing the whole shaker over my shoulder. I'm not buying that that medicine, that brain haze. Mark Um, David Chapman. 
Never well, the point I would make is it Prince had it. <laughs> Prince had a pretty good idea because yes. he realized it was his name. Right. So right. he doesn't own his name. So he's a slave. So what's he do? He changes it, but he tries to go a step further by replacing it with a word that can't even be pronounced. And whatever you want to say about that, he knew that his time was limited. He wrote it into the, the album that made him famous. If the elevator tries to let you down, don't go crazy. It was pre-echoed and Rick and Morty showed the, the scientist formerly known as Rick uh, dressed that. up like yes. Prince, yes. dead in a cube that looks like an elevator right before. It's all it's all laid out in stage. Right By there. the way, the first time you ever hear the words Purple Rain, 40 some years in an America song called Ventura Highway, where they pre-echo using Prince's alias, which is Joe or Joey. I forget the name. Right. How but, long are you going to stay there, Joe? Right. Yeah. You've been hit right. by Purple Rain. They asked the guy who wrote that, why'd you use those? He goes, I can't tell you. Uh, was his response. I don't know. I can't tell you. The point I'm making is they don't own their fame. And the other problem, think about this. When someone gets as big as Lennon, he can show up any day of the week and say anything. How many people are going to listen? So that has to be controlled, doesn't it? And, you know, through my college days, I used to listen to a, a New York station, which I used to love, called WNEWFM. Do you guys remember that? With Scott Muni, and it's when it's when radio used to be just music radio used to be fantastic. And but was it on the dial? Do you remember? Uh, One hundred two point seven WNEWFM. Mm. They had Dennis Elsis and Scott LA? Muni, and no, right here in New York. Ah, okay. And I was in college at the time, and one of the things I used to love is when John Lennon would just burst through and just come on in and just take over. <laughs> he would he would like be the DJ for for three or four of them throughout the day. And he would, it would just be random. He just kind of burst in and take over and do it. So he really became a New York, you know, a fixture in New York. He wasn't really hiding. Look, look at the lengths that they go to control what's called an influencer today. Everybody knows that if they get on a platform that will allow them to get big, because it's what I have done with a private site is very difficult to do anymore. But if you're on YouTube, you're controlled. You say yep. the wrong things, your platform is gone. If you get in a position where you can talk to hundreds of thousands of people, then you will do what you're told or you will be marginalized or removed. And you'll way. be you'll be taken off. Right. You know, and, and it's always been true. And people can't see that of the old, you know, they created all these rock stars to break culture, which succeeded beyond a dream. Most successful psychological operation that Jason and I have ever covered is the breaking of moral values, the family unit and culture starting in the 1960s. Um, there is that I'm aware of no, well, that, that echoes back to the movie frequencies. There's an underlying idea about music in general in that movie that is mind warping. And we'll, we'll cover it when we get there. But, but my point is, is they created these, newly people that were going to be famous at a level and quite a number of them you're going to have your jimmy pages and your mick jaggers and all these people are famous now so when yeah. they speak how many people are going to take that to heart and pay attention or for that matter do what they say yep and what about the denzel washingtons and uh the all these guys are out and what about have you ever discussed on your show the uh what's the name of the movie freedom um it's about uh sex trafficking one that's all uh, no. exposing a thing of sex trafficking in Hollywood. No, we haven't. We haven't covered. Okay, like right. 
Well, you know, Denzel Washington's out there. He's talking. He's been a lot of a lot of these stars are out there talking about this very thing that you're talking about. You know, basically, you know, Mark Wahlberg and everything talking about. Uh, I think it's the cost of freedom or something like that. And the uh, you know all saying about how this this very system about how you know if you if you step out of line you'll disappear. And I mean, what do you guys think of Kanye West about how he went berserk talking about the exact same thing about you know my control? There's a number of them. There's a number yeah. of people, and by the way, quite a few of them are African American. There was yes. Martin Lawrence who lost his mind from all the whatever he was being put through. Right. Dave Chappelle was put through a ringer, apparently. A lot of oh, these, well, you Dave know, Chappelle, though, he he came out and spoke out against it. Well, there's another thing uh, that people overlook. You know, it was recently I think somebody brought to light that the very same corporate interests that control the publishing and creation of rap music owned the prison system and the claim is is that the rappers are paid more to make certain types of content which is in line with keeping the prison systems full or something you know don't don't quote me verbatim because i have not done due diligence or research i'm repeating a thing basically so fair warning the movie i was talking about by the way is called the sound of freedom and you know they're talking about how hollywood tried to suppress it because it's all about uh, exposing pedophiles and the human child trafficking ring through the world, especially uh, being stimulated by Hollywood. You know, you, I, I'm always so suspicious, and I'll give you the example of why. Yeah. So there is, a, does everyone remember the Partridge family? Of course. People sure. probably aren't as old as dirt like I am. And a shout out to Jamie Deluxe in South Carolina. He did a whole expose on the Partridge family about how there was, there was you know, all this pedophile sexual activity going on within that cast. Oh, here's the thing that I was going to reference. There's an episode where the mom has a problem with a computer system. And this is why I am suspicious of movies like the one you just mentioned. Yep. One, of, one of the big tactics used is to put the problem straight in your face. In that example from the Partridge family, computers were so rare when that was aired. No one had even ever used one most right. people. And what's going on is they're announcing that there's going to be a credit rating system and it keeps getting comical. First, they say you didn't pay your bill and you owe all this money. Then they get the wrong amount. Instead of 26 bucks, it's 2,600 bucks or something like this. But then pretty soon the credit, she comes home and they've come in taking all her furniture and it's all because of this computer system. So they're boycotting down with computers, you know, it's, it's indecent, it's inhuman, treat us like human beings. And it's mm. the whole onslaught before it even gets here. It's already been inserted into the media. And the perception is, well, good for those partridges. They stood up for that inhuman treatment, but actually what's going on is you're being alchemically processed in to what's absolutely coming. Right. Now, let me ask you a question on that. Let me ask you a question on that, because this has been one of my quests. Who is the true man being behind the curtain? Is it even a human? You mean like if we thought of the new world order, who's in charge? So you, so you've, you've noted something that I've been following since I've been five years old when they blew the president of the United States brains out in the middle of the street in broad daylight. All right. So obviously they feel pretty justified that they can do whatever the hell they want to do. And you're just going to take it and cover it up for decades at the levels that, that, that being the I'll, case who's doing it 
Because you said 100, 100 years it's been going on, thousands of years. Yeah. More than 100 years. Um, right. Go, go follow Hoffman. Right. Um, at the levels that we see and can know something about, it's people without moral dignity. But this follows. This follows. Above this is, that, you can't know. No, but, but this is a generational pattern, Crow, is what I'm saying. So it, it this there, follows there, to yeah. generations. Who's behind it? Because. <laughs> Here's the problem. Here's the problem from father to son in a corrupt way, or what happens? So you're on to the problem that Jason and I actually talked about yesterday. Yeah. Why in the hell would someone spend a lifetime working doggedly to do things that they will never live long enough to bear the fruits, like the prep for 9-11 or any of the things we see? And so what we know is that. Either they're living longer than us, they have some magical medical frequency machine that, and I'm just making a joke here, but the uh-huh. point is that cures them. Or they're taking or, a drug. Or, or now go back to the movie Ragnarok, how they choose to deal with it, drawing from actual myth is, oh, well, those are the giants and they live a hell of a lot longer than anyone. There's still a few of them around and all this myth that gets put around it. Um, this is the problem. How do you address that? How could you possibly know anything about it? But logically, what we know is someone who's going to die at 80 years old is not going to spend their life doing that kind of labor prep, constant monitoring, you know. Yeah, exactly. They're just pawns in the machine. They're put out there to do whatever they do. And, and it's unknowable. Out, I mean, about these human robots that are just going to follow the agenda. But who's putting out the robots? You see this? Who is the true? man being behind the curtain there's a dark side and if i had to venture a guess based on my limited research in my life is at every age there is a ebb and a flow in the greek mythology this is well represented because the gods are justice and the giants are chaos and it is well represented in all these old things. And why do these things stay alive? Because they're referencing something that is true about nature. So in every era, there is an ebb and a flow. If we were to pull it down to the life of a day, nighttime is trying to steal more of day than it deserves. And when we have balance, then it's happy-go-lucky times and golden ages and all these things we are. But for the majority of time, it's not. And in a year, we see the example. We get two days of balance, as far as I know, the equinoxes. All that other time is night pushing for more or day pushing for more. But on those two days, dark and light are balanced. And so if you blow that out to an era, an age, an eon, whatever you would like to call it, I suspect that this is going on all the time. It's just that we happen to be alive in a period where during this era shift, uh, the darks got some some traction and they're going to make a hell of a run. I have also read that in every age change, a lot of human beings go away. Is any of it true? Hell if I know. Mm. And when you're talking about the battle between dark and light, you're talking about the original you know, Egyptian fable of Set and Ra. It goes back to forever and mm. it never goes away. It never gets out of style. It has never stopped being published. And now even Hollywood has made some of the biggest movies in the entire history of movies based on these so-called myths, which we have been well taught. Uh, Jason and I talked about this yesterday. The first movie, Thor, the main character is Jane. Get the hell away from this guy. These are the fairy tale books that I read as a kid. 
right. or in locally to convince you that there, it's just clever stories that for some reason we keep around every generation. They have mm-hmm. no meaning. So essentially what we might be saying here is that there is an otherworldly phenomena happening here controlling the destiny or the, the pathway that we as humans who might be pawns as a species are being led. If everything you know is wrong, then what is possible? And this is, you know, back to the Hoffman gif. Go read that. And I'm telling you, this is a foundation, that one little image. Now, if you consider that every other damn thing you know is sitting on top of that idea, um, it's just the best I've seen the idea expressed, then what does that tell you about all systems, all corporations, all, well, that's not fair, all big things that have sway in this world? Everybody knows that since we got into the digital age, if someone comes up with a really clever app, what happens? Everybody knows what happens. Do they become millionaires? If it's going to be that important, they either get put out of business, bought out, or someone else gains control in some way. It happens unequivocally. It's mafia. You know, they come to the door and they say, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks for that. No, I think it's money. Yeah, what's funny in, in, in these terms is someone might say, well, no, I love my app and my idea. The problem is, guess what? Your app has to exist on a freeway that they own. It's called the exactly. internet. Exactly. So, you know, you don't, most people, I assume, just take the money and say, well, shit, if I'm going to lose at well, least. Well, it's I'll- either that or a bullet in your head. I mean, you know, and then you might say, well, how about 200? And then they might give it to you. But if you say no, you walk out of your house, next thing you know. You know, you I think I think that's there. a lot less likely. When, when you start killing people, there, there, you have created a chain reaction. You reap what you sow. The Bible tells us all: you reap what you sow. Nobody's getting killed; they're committing suicide. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're being Clintonized. <laughs> Anyhow, we 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 got far away from your bullet points there, Doctor. Well, Freddy. no. Well, listen. I mean, this is far more important. I mean, I mean, you, you have actually touched on a fundamental question. I mean, look, I do a lot of writing and I've, did, I've done a lot of inquiry since uh, I started, you know, about 10 minutes ago, I talked about how the president of the United States, who was adored by my family, was got his, bla- his brains blow- blown out in November of 1963 in the middle of the street in broad daylight. So that I, was, that kid, was the I, perception. Yep. That was the perception. Okay, it was right there. Okay, well, that's what we all saw in 3D anyway. Ten years later. Hmm? You saw that ten years later, just to be clear. Zaputer? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff came out later. And then, you know, exemplified by uh, by Stone in his movie, JFK, and all that kind of stuff. You know, but again, you know, propaganda maybe. But, you know, so what, what we're... But the perception of it all is, is that if there indeed is an order making up these narratives... All right, for people to follow, keeping us all like little lemmings, either jumping off a cliff at will or arguing with each other. And uh, I mean, the average human being spends, you know, 90% of their life in some sort of conflict with another human being, with a government agency, with another ideology. And then the rest of the time they're sleeping. You know, they never fully get out of this trap, which is, you know, and, and talk about the movie The Matrix. I mean, that's why I said, Crow, you know, well, who's doing this? You know, who's the man behind the curtain here? Who's the true, who's the true agency or frequency that's, that's, 
that's been running this whole thing for hundreds of years. Yeah, the highest you'll answer that question we've covered is places like Tavistock. How do you get a yeah. movie like Frequencies? Well, Adorno goes back to the Frankfurt School. The Frankfurt School is the forerunner to Tavistock from my point of view. What is their purpose? They are social engineers. So there is your engine spinning if you know that's what you're looking for. But if, if you want names, why? It doesn't matter. No. You know, it, it doesn't there matter. There even is a name. But I would point this sad reality out for any of this to be going on. It means that the majority of us have to be broken. If the majority of us were in balance and had moral values, these things we see would not be possible. Go back to the gift in Michael Hoffman's newsletter. There's how they did it. They alchemically did it. Now, when I hear things like, oh, all the people out there in the world are getting what they deserve. Well, sadly, there's some truth in that callous statement. But the real truth is someone statistically knew that what they were about to do was coming off with a 98% certainty. So now who's to blame? All the people who have lost their moral center are no longer in balance and let this go. And why? Because alchemy works. And why? Because nature proves that alchemy works. And why? Because there are apparently people that are nothing like me in this world or dark entities who have different plans. So if we go back to the actual factual truth, it is the argument that I had in my mind with my father. An example of that was we were selling our house in San Diego, which I didn't want to do, but it was going to happen. Not my house. And we had this big table that sat in the kitchen that came from Mexico when I was about five. And it was a wood table. And he said, son, we're going to pull the table out into the yard and we're going to orbital sand it. And we're going to wax it with Johnson's paste wax. And I said, why the hell are we going to do that? We're selling the house and the table's going with it. And he looked me in the eye and he said, son, because it's the right thing to do. And I, I was convinced he was off his damn rocker. Why are we going to waste all this work and energy just to give this all away? Well, fast forward to now. I get it. I get it in spades because if 100,000 other people had that idea that my father was so desperately trying to bound into my head that I couldn't grasp at the time, this would be quite a different place. And so this is the pathos of the reality we are to blame Mm -hmm. but how do we be pointed at as full of blame when we were alchemically processed and we didn't know what was going on now the argument can be made that a strong moral compass would have prevented the alchemical process i don't know the answer but that is how crafty tricky and infuriating you know, what's gone on and how we've arrived where we are. And, you know, that kind of leads us into where we're going now. Let me ask you a question. When you talk about, we got here through an alchemical process, are you talking about wizardry, fourth dimensional stuff? What are you talking about? Well, there, there may be some of that, but unfortunately Mm -hmm. I'm not a wizard, so I could just guess and say things. But what I can tell you is alchemy appears to be magic from our point of view. It does magical things, but what it is in essence doing is showing a knowledge of the workings of nature, the creation, this thing that the creator put here that provides everything we need. And by the way, this is part of the aberration. 
If you look at nature, what, where does everything we need come from? It comes from nature, the creation. Well, guess what? It's given to us all freely. When I go outside, I do not have to pay for air or sunlight. Mm-hmm. If I was walking around in the wilderness and I found an apple tree and I was starving, I would not have to insert a coin into the tree. Mm-hmm. We were made beneficiaries. That is how perverse where we are is because we can barely fathom not having to pay for a thing that we need to exist. I have to pay for shelter. I have to pay for heat. I have to pay for energy. I have to pay for every freaking thing. And this echoes back to the very same system that we're talking about. It's a perversion. And within that perversion, within that perversion, you're talking about a separation from nature. All And, and that's where we're living as human beings. Everything is designed to cut us off. And separated from the example given us, the test put before us right. by God, which was also bestowed on us with the divine spark of life, free will. And there it comes again. Free will will ensure that the vast majority of every test you undergo in this world was predicated and began by your choices. There you go. So my new book, The Lakshmi Principle, goes into that. <laughs> this very thing. And it's it's amazing how we've come full circle to this point. because. The energy of Lakshmi, indeed, is all about how abundance and everything you need, just what you said, is all provided for you through nature, all right? Right there. And when you tune into it, when you tune into that, that deity is just there to help you tune into the fourth and fifth dimensional energies and above, you know, and beyond. And it's within every human being's grasp, and you feel it in your chakras, and in your heart, in your solar plexus, if you even know what these things are, you know? You feel it in your body, but it's really running through your chakras and your energy centers. And when you start tuning in to the inner dialogue, all right, a lot of people call that God, okay, but I'll just call it, let's say, the inner dialogue. It's waiting for you. It's there waiting for you. All right? And when you start tuning into it and start thinking about maybe what you want to see happen rather than what's right in front of you, Okay, which is a which is a conglomeration of programming and uh, the the persistent you know, media electric bullcrap that's put out for us to digest every day. If you can get away from that and move to something better that you actually feel, well, that will have that will work every single time, you know. And so the the we're talking about energies here. And so I think what you might be saying, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Crow, but correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, there are darker forces that are using the natural energy to create what they want and control us. Is that more it? Yeah, but there, it goes further than that. I mean, at some point... Just because we're so disconnected, we don't see it. At some point, laws are broken. What, what that point is, like if you commit murder, yeah, you violated universal laws of course that's, right that's mala in say it's bad on you know prim- right. it, on the face of it no one has to tell you but it's always here and if you want to take it down to the basis for it it's night and day is night bad it's a battery is the negative polarity on one end of the battery bad well without it the battery doesn't work right and, and what's a trip is even in all the systems that have so effectively initiated us to reference the Hoffman process that was first outlined, I believe, by James Shelby Downard, you know, like take a song like one of the most popular songs of all time and by the Beatles, better yet, My Guitar Gently Weeps or George mm-hmm. Harrison. With every mistake, we must surely be learning. 
If you consider what was just said there, it's exactly what we're trying to outline. But then he goes on to, to say, but still my guitar gently weeps. Which means we're stuck in it. Well, we're, we're not doing so well at the moment, but this too shall pass, I think is the main message. And the problem that we face right now is each of us can choose. And I have, and I will, I do it every damn day to make yeah. sure that I never forget. I reestablish every day. Thank you for the divine spark of life. Thank you for my free will. Thank you for making me beneficiary of this creation. I, I reinforce it non nonstop. But the problem is, even though I've chosen my own course, if 90% of everyone around me drops the ball, then it makes it much more difficult for oh, me, regardless of right. what I have done. And this, you know, so in essence, we're choosing in a way, we're just choosing a path. Our, our life here is a drop in the bucket. Yes. From my point of view, we don't just cease to be when we die. If that is true, Mine then is what I have yeah. done here is a very infinitesimal amount of time. So the choices I make are my free will, which are queuing up what will come next. And so that cannot be taken from me unless okay. I allow yeah, it to. Exactly. And I guess I'm answering my own question, which I, I, I asked within this whole process about you know some time ago here, is that who's the man behind the curtain? Well, you know, okay. So if we allow ourselves to be plugged into the matrix and to be distracted by something that is not the creator, okay? Uh, if we allow ourselves to be disconnected from nature, Right. Each of us knows that it's we we just have the sense of us sense of it that there's just something wrong with this world, and that sense is our inner being telling us, yeah, just isn't it. You're disconnected. Stop focusing on that. And what you said, Crow, every day you go to some form of recognition of the Creator and thanking them, being appreciative for your connection to to your source. Right. I do the same thing. And if you study Hindu cultures, there is something called Shakyapat initiation where you get this awakened within you so that you can you can focus on that every day, but it's still your responsibility to focus on what is real. This world and everything, the artificial materialism, the fiat currency, the paying of the bill, everything else is this is a this is a prison for your mind. That we allowed. Right? That we allowed. Yes, but see, now, now, now we're talking about, well, why is it happening? Well, maybe the purpose of this life for all of us is to, is to be able to recognize that on a soul level and, and anchor it in strong enough so that we find, when we finally leave this world, we're not going to forget that, no, this isn't it. Okay, there are fourth and fifth dimensional parts of all of us that know this isn't it. But, you know, uh, I, again, who's the man behind the curtain? Who's the entity behind the curtain? It is that energy form could be darkness, but that is keeping us away from our own true nature. As soon as we connect from our own true nature and connect into God's source, connect into that ever-flowing system of prosperity, we're free. And it's what every single avatar has talked about. Human avatar uh, that has been here, Christ, whatever you want to say, Muhammad, despite how their words have been twisted around, it all comes down to, you know, getting in touch with your own inner power, which is the power of creation, which is the creator, all right? And, and that's a kinesthetic experience. You have to be able to renew that every single day. And usually you do it through, I do it through meditation, 
but it's an acknowledgement and you got to let go of everything of this world and nurture that feeling in your heart, nurture that feeling in your solar plexus. Otherwise, none of this makes any sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. This world doesn't make any sense because, you know, if it doesn't make any sense to be in a three-dimensional prison and again, the man behind the curtain getting back to that. It, well, Alchem the 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 dark magic of all of this is that if we don't connect to our source, then our nerve energy, our soul is going to be vampired. That vampirization is 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 the whole problem here. Okay, it's it's like uh, there was an uh, Jason. There was an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation where uh, it was a double episode. I think maybe it was between season six and seven, where uh, they they go back and they meet uh, Mark Twain. Mark Twain, right? Yep. Remember that one? Yep. Okay, and Data goes back, and you know they find Data's head, and they go back through this. But, but the, that whole episode is that there is a race of beings that are that are on Earth in the 1800s, and they're vampiring people's energy. They're stealing their energy, and they and they outline and when the and when they and when the Enterprise crew discovers it, they're like, well, you know, these are lesser beings, and we just need their energy, you know, for our survival. You know, and that's what that whole thing was about. And and until we say no, no. I'm out of the matrix. I'm plugging myself out of this. And there are way, there are definitely ways to do it. You mean it. pass your test? You mean apply your free pass will? Your and test. Yes. And that could take five lifetimes. Dr. Trapping, <laughs> we're, we're coming up to the yeah. top of the hour. So I'm going to ask you here shortly. First of all, get your links off to Rose so that we can be sure we get them in comments. But who's behind the curtain? How's this? Darkness or nighttime is behind the curtain and those who love darkness. I refuse to think that that's the only man behind the curtain. I think I think got to be will, somebody stimulating the light. Yeah, I think <laughs> he will find evil, and I think it's in a way that that we really have not been prepared for. But be it what it may, please lay down your contacts and your links. We're going to wrap up, take a short break, and come back for hour two. Where can we find your books and your work? Uh, definitely Amazon. Definitely at exlibris.com. The other two books will be on exlibris. They're processing them now as we speak. Titles? If you go to xlibras, yeah, xlibras.com, just punch in my name. You might even see the previews of the other two. I think it's going to take a couple more weeks maybe for them. But, you know, the, the old faithful that you have on your uh, site, thank you, Crow. A goodbye germ theory is there for people to read. It's, you know, just getting started on the differences between the fraudulent germ theory and the reality of the terrain theory. Uh, which I've spoken about many times on this program. And so uh, that you can find there. You can also find it on Amazon, but go to Ex Libris, folks, and stimulate that. Because, All, right. Uh, yep. all right. So I forgot. Uh, if you go up to the sponsored link, all the images for the things that I try to support are there. There's a yellow image dead center that says goodbye germ theory. I forgot it was even there. Yep. I forget a lot of things. But we're going to wrap up hour one. Dr. Trebbing, please shoot links off to Rose so we can have them the morning that I shoot this live. It's easier than trying to, you know, email back and forth. Uh, we like to get the links in the top comment. With that, we're going to wrap up hour one. Hour one is free to everybody at crow777radio.com. That is C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. Members know to log in for the full episode, and they get access to all the forums, of which there are many comments under every episode, and they get free access to the two-hour film called Shoot the Moon, which has something like 10 awards, covers all my telescope work, and the magical 
unseen, double sun, second sun, sun we don't see, whatever it is, getting filmed a lot more. It's going to be a thing in the coming year or whatever it may be. Uh, that remains to be seen. With that, we're going to wrap up. We'll be back shortly with hour two, and I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Cheers.